0: Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go. Welcome. Welcome back to Almost 30 podcast. There's a lot of podcasts out there. So thanks for choosing us to listen to. Honestly, how do people like create a rotation that feels good to them? (laughs) They need to do something better about like filtering podcasts because it's just like I wouldn't know where to start. Truly. You know, it has to be a recommendation nowadays cuz you can't just go on there and be like and look at the he- like what would you do look at the
1: health charts? I guess.
0: It's not like categorized very I feel like, well.
1: I feel like it should be like a mood ring and they take your mood and then like if you're feeling like sometimes I just want to listen to like murder stuff
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll li- as do, do many women. I do a crime. What is the deal with that where it's literally the target demographic for murder is between like 25 and 35 year old women? What is I
1: don't that? Know. I don't know.
0: We actually Feeds had a, fear. a meeting with one of the networks that manage or represents the majority of the huge mm-hmm.
1: murder podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's what they said. Yeah. The crime, true crime what is, is what they call it. I don't know. It's like in a it's an escape a little bit. Yeah, It's like, it is disturbing, but it's also like, I do like the drama of it. It's like watching like a fucked up show. I mean, you That's know what, what I trash mean? That's YouTube is for me. Yeah. Honestly.
0: <laughs> it's funny because like the murder's too dark for me, but like trash YouTube isn't. Mm-hmm. It's darker. It's, it's not dark. It's just kind of like dumb. Sorry, I'm adjusting Krista's microphone. <laughs> also huge news. So I was looking at my Instagram for like the first time this week, Frankie and Joe's, which is a vegan ice cream in Seattle, followed me on Instagram. Damn.
1: That's huge. They're going to send you some stuff. I hope. That's it's a the, huge follow. Yeah, it's the best follow I've it's heard the in a while. best follow, honestly. A vegan ice cream brand, the best <laughs> ice cream brand in Seattle, just followed me on Instagram. Like what? I, uh unrelated i just i i just lost my um apartment key and i went down to my um no it's fine i know where it is and i just asked alex my um uh super super for a key and i texted him didn't answer so i called him i was like hey can i just have my key for like a day or whatever and he's like oh yeah sure no problem and he like opens the door he's shirtless again and he's like stepping in the. Sh- he's like, oh, sorry. He's like, I'm I'm getting in the shower. I was like, oh, I always catch it. Oh. the weirdest times. Oh, uh, he drops his like towel. He's like, oh. He's like fully spray tanned, ready to go. I was like, oh man. I bet you he asked for abs.
0: A hundred percent. He hundred percent asked for abs.
1: <laughs> so when you get spray tans, you can get sweet like, man. You know, but it made me think because he always he always comments on my deliveries, like what I'm getting. Oh God, like, shut the fuck I'm like, up. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. He's just like. He like wants some of it. So I'll probably 100. give it to him like an eye cream or something. Dude. I haven't had anything man. stolen in a while. And I think the
0: person... You left a note. Yeah, I left a note to ask them to stop stealing and the note's gone now. So the note's gone, but the packages have been fine.
1: Okay. So we'll see. Fingers I don't know. Crossed. I
0: feel like they're just giving you a little lull. I feel like they're giving you... me a little break. <laughs> Nothing's been interesting to them lately. So I'm, I haven't been, been robbed in a little bit. It's been funny. I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me about my ayahuasca episode.
1: Mm-hmm, Which I felt like
0: was a really not that good episode that I did. Feel like it was really channeled and and just conversational, but it didn't feel super powerful,
1: like from me. I guess. Well, it's. It, I think it's it's weird for us because we're like, oh, we didn't have that like crazy yeah. experience yeah, that everyone Jordan. says
0: Jordan had the craziest experiences. Mm-hmm. Jordan Younger of Balance Bond. You can listen to her episodes. I was with her this weekend and. Yeah, I mean, she had crazy shit and I'm just like, I
1: felt good. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's why we kind of felt weird sharing it because it's like, yes, things happened and we had some like downloads afterwards, but I didn't, yeah, it didn't feel super, super. Yeah. Like profound to tell it out loud, but yeah, yeah people were were touched yeah. or like. Felt- Intrigued.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin and I went to Gentle Barn this weekend. Oh, uh. His, he was talking about it with his coworkers, and I've been talking about it for a long time. Even Sophie, when I saw Sophie, she was like, You keep talking about gentle barn. And I think I just like saying gentle barn. It's such
1: a sweet name. It's
0: like, say the word gentle barn, like a, a gentle barn. <laughs> I love the word gentle, and I love the word spooky. Those are like my favorite oh, words. Oh, spooky's a good one. Spooky's my favorite word. And cause you can't just like not laugh and say spooky. Like mm. something spooky, it's like hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, that's spooky. <laughs> but Gentle Barn was amazing. So there's this place, it's in Santa Clarita in Los Angeles. It's like 40 minutes away from where we are. And I took Justin, Justin loves goats. So um, there's baby goats there, there's baby pigs, there's horses, there's cows, there's turkeys, there's emus, there's all these animals that, have been neglected or abused. Mm. So a lot of them were in situations where they were once pets. You know, there was a bunch of horses there that were pets or there was one horse that was in show business or there was one horse that um, was used for labor or used for all these weird things. um, And they've been rescued by a gentle barn. So they have over 200 animals there and it's all like a sanctuary and a rescue. And it was crazy because there was two animals there, the goat and the cow, which I told you about, but Mm. I wanted to tell you guys, So the goat was honestly the size of a horse and the cow was by no exaggeration, the size of a rhinoceros. It was like the size of an elephant or a rhinoceros. And these animals had been genetically modified. So they were taken from, you know, the slaughterhouse floor where they would be killed normally and rescued by gentle barn. And they were the biggest things I've ever seen. They were so massive next to a normal size cow. It was the most shocking thing I've ever seen.
1: Oh, they must be so much I'll post the pictures
0: of, of them in the group, in our secret Facebook group, just so you guys can see. But it was crazy because I've heard about this and I've known, especially with turkeys and chickens, how they genetically modify them so that they have more breast meat because chicken breasts are, you know, the most valuable quote unquote part of the chicken. So they'll be so big that they can't stand, they'll mm-hmm. fall over, they'll be very uncomfortable. They get to this massive size at such a lo- like young age but for this cow it was so big it was it was it was terrifying it was terrifying it looked prehistoric and it has arthritis it can't stand for long its knees bother it like mm. it was
1: just so unsustainable and shocking i was like so do they do they when are they genetically modified like when they're young they're being fed like growth hormone that too so they In the feed, they have growth
0: hormones in the feed. And then also too, they do a lot with like the um, artificial insemination. So Uh with all cows, for the most part, that are part of factory farming, they artificially inseminate them because immediately once the cow gives birth, they use the milk- for dairy consumption.
1: Ah, okay.
0: So they're not really letting them, you know, mate. And then we need the milk for dairy consumption. So the cows are being taken away from their mother. They're not having their mother's milk. They're not able to like grow up by their mother. And then they do it genetically with like the DNA and artificial insemination. And they also do like with the feed. Dude.
1: Crazy. That is so crazy. So like, how are they? And the goat was like, it's a type
0: of goat that's used for goat meat. So they, make it genetically modified so that there is more meat on the goat. Oh my God. And then there was little turkeys running around and I was like, oh, where did this turkey get saved from? They were like Thanksgiving. Wow. As they do. I know, honestly, oh. I, but
1: it's hard. I'm like, where do you stop? Cause there's so many turkeys that need to be saved. So do they, do they rehab them or are they just giving them a safe place yeah, to a like lot spend of them the rest of their have,
0: life? They So they're allowed to stay for the rest of their lives and they are, they get rehabbed through the process. So, um, As an example, they will take... A lot of kids from the inner city will come and a lot of special needs children will come. And there's actually horses there that help paraplegics um, through therapy. Mm -hmm. So my cousin who passed away last year, he... um, had MS and he did horse therapy. So it's really, really good for certain muscles and certain parts of the body. So these animals that are being in therapy themselves with some of the people that work there to get better, to get more comfortable with humans, because a lot of them had been beaten, abused, all of these things, also turn around and provide therapy for other groups of people. So it's a place where people can go for um, school retreats and all of these things. But it was just such a beautiful place. And the woman there was so precious, like that owns it. You know, she just has loved animals her whole life and made this her mission. Wow. Mm -hmm.
1: And so it's a ticketed? Yeah, I think it's like 30 bucks. Yeah, cool.
0: So you can go on the weekends. It's like 30 bucks or something. And then you can donate and feed the animals and all this stuff. And the kids there were so precious. I mean, oh, if I have kids, I'm going to take them there mm-hmm. every weekend. It's like know?
1: it's like the best school is uh, to like be in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Learn about the animals, be there, like yeah. experience it. That's so sweet. And there was
0: like these little piglets that were there, the little piglets
1: that were like the size of a bread loaf. Oh. They were like biting everyone. Little ones? (laughs) Yeah. They were wild. Their little tails move so fast. What's the thing about like, uh, Whitney Cummings talks about this a lot where like teacup pigs don't exist because they're just not feeding them. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know what
0: she's talking about, but I'm guessing that teacup pigs are part of like another genetic modification. Yeah, those little piglets
1: you're saying were actual piglets.
0: Actual piglets that were gonna grow up to be normal. So there was actually a pig there too that was saved because it was gonna be slaughtered and it actually like had problems moving because it was so Uh. big and so fat. So that's what they do too is the food that they're giving it. Everything that they're giving it is making it so big where it can't even move and it just is like laying around all day. It's it's crazy. There's so much to it and these animals are just so precious and, you know, so loving and um, it's just nice to be around animals. Yes. You know, I'm not ever around animals. I don't have a dog. I don't have a cat, but, you know, it's as therapeutic as nature is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. So... It was cute. Justin got to see goats. He loves goats. So, so sweet. I know.
1: <laughs> did you get photos of it him and so goats? sweet. I
0: think I do. I think he has some pictures of me and the piglets too that he sent <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> that is so sweet. I know. So it
0: was all about J-Baby this weekend. It was. It was a J-Baby weekend. We got, um, we went to a nice dinner together. We worked together and then we did a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. He was very sweet. He did a photo shoot with me. He'll do a photo shoot once a year, maybe. And I have to bribe him with a 25 minute head rub. So he rub. gifted
1: that to you for for his birthday? Yes, he
0: said, he's like, this is my birthday weekend, we're going on photo shoot. <laughs> but I had to give him a 25 minute head rub. I had to promise to watch Game of Thrones. Okay. And then I figured what else I had to do. I had to like let him eat cereal or something in bed. So he had to like bribe me with all these things to do a photo shoot for an hour in Malibu with a girl called Allison Hall. Mm-hmm. So her, her Instagram is Allison Hall photo. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, if you do, if you shoot for an hour, it's whatever. Yeah. Like any longer than that, it's like, uh, oh my God. She was like, all right, now it's time for you to, to do a piggyback. And I was like, Hey girl, I'm never doing a piggyback. And she thought I was kidding. And I was like, no, I'm being dead serious. (laughs) I'm never jumping on his back. (laughs) Like honestly,
1: no. Oh my god, never. She's like, how about a wheelbarrow?
0: Yeah, honestly, (laughs) she's like crab walk. And then she was like, all right, you guys hold hands and run
1: towards me. I was like, this is it. Just like everything is so. Everything, every direction on the photo shoot is so dumb, but looks so good. I know, but I'm flopping everywhere. Like I'm flipping and flopping when I'm running. I'm like, dude, this is why
0: Lindsay does the athletic running shots. (laughs) I don't,
1: (laughs) I don't do this.
0: I'm flipping and flopping and I don't want to be like running.
1: It's a, it's a a big risk. It's a moment. It's a capturing a a moment and they're not going to see the, the fact that you might trip over your boot, you know. know, they're just going to see. <laughs> I know. But I said, I said no to the,
0: cause <laughs> and Justin, every time he'll like pick me up, he's always like, uh, uh, uh. I'm like,
1: got it, got it, got it. That's the comfort after being together for 100%, so long, you know, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a zoo. That's so, so fun. Yeah. Um, guess who called me this weekend? You don't know. Jim from Rhythmia. No way. Yeah. Jim from Rhythmia. I, cause we, I haven't like caught no up with way. him. So we mentioned Jim um, in, you know, not to break up ayahuasca again, cause I'm sure y'all are sick I of literally. it to be honest. Um, but Jim was our friend um, that we made at Rhythmia. He um, started to go blind when he was five. So he's blind now and um I wanted to hear about like his miracle that he had because um, it wasn't um, the miracle that he had wished for. And um, it was just really sweet to catch up with him. We just adore him. I told him that we should get together in Chicago when we Love go because he's awesome. Um, but, um, and I asked him if I could share this. So um, he asked Mother Ayahuasca, like, or the miracle of like having a sight back, you know, obviously you want to go beg and, and see if, you know, you can get that miracle. And um, I guess it was on the second or third night. um, He took the medicine and right away he felt it. And he was sitting down with my mother ayahuasca, like you're sitting in a living room across from her. And she said, you're not going to get what you asked for. So, I need you to take that in. And when you're over it, come back. Come back to me. And so he cried for like two hours. And he said, like, what it felt like was that he was crying for his basically the lifetime that he spent so far, just, you know, wishing that he was another way. And so he cried and cried. And it felt like forever. And then he came back to her and she said something like, You know, you have so many gifts and so many talents and sight isn't one of them. So get over it and move on. And that was his miracle. And it like changed like his whole perspective on everything. How beautiful. She's Mother Ayahuasca,
0: a badass. Badass. She's real
1: direct, very, which I really am. very direct. Not with me, but <laughs> <laughs> with other people, and I really enjoy that. But how? But how? Like that moment, and and just to like cut, shift the perspective that way is so powerful. Like to spend because I mean I cannot even imagine you know? what he goes through and what he's been through. But then to have that feeling of like, I am so much more than the fact that I cannot see. Like just everyone else sees it and everyone yes. else feels it when you're around Jim. But like for him to really embody that, I mean, that will change your fucking DNA. 100%. It's crazy. So it was just so good. To, he says that hi. That so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Says, Cause I
0: didn't want to ask him. I didn't want to poke or prod, you know, because when people are asking like, oh, did you get your miracle? It's like, did you get, did the thing that the right. answer to something that's most meaningful you get yeah. solved? So I didn't ask or press and, you know, I figured it was something along that lines. I didn't know how, what exactly what it was, but
1: I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful for that fact. Yeah. He was so sweet. He's like, hey, Lindsay, if you ever need any guy advice, guy perspective, uh, just let me know. <laughs> he has a girlfriend and Love like that. all that. And I was telling him like, you know, I'm dating someone. He's like, if you ever need advice, you know, male perspective, I'm here. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, I actually will probably take you up on that. Thank before you. Before Jim
0: was, before <laughs> we knew Jim and a girlfriend. Or like sitting next to him, we're like, God, he's so amazing. We want to hook him up with like one of Almost Thirty Nation. <laughs> so we're sitting next to him, and we're like talking. And I'm writing this post on Almost Thirty Chicago. I'm like, Hey guys, I've got a great guy, like eligible bachelor. Da da da. And did this long post about Jim. And then Lindsay's like, Hey, do you have a girlfriend? And he's like, Yep. And I was like, oh, Delete. <laughs>
1: I was delete. like, oh yeah, delete. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Delete. Yeah. Uh, sweetie pie, Jim. Um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's do a few announcements. I feel like we need to update people on what the hell is going on over here at almost 30. We are on tour um, and we are actually doing an event in LA uh, June 20th. Tonight is our Denver event. So we've told you about that. It's going to be Insane with Natalie Miles, but June 20th with Brie Melanson in Los Angeles. Um, This is going to be a really special event. Um, Breathwork, finding your soul's purpose. Um, It's going to be really deep and amazing and I can't wait to see everyone. Um, And then we have our live show in San Francisco at the end of July at The Independent. Uh, Tickets are on sale now. Go to our website, almost30.com. Uh, almost 30 com slash tour. And then our retreat.
0: Yeah, retreat's going to be sick. The live shows with Lacey Phillips. So, oh, of, yeah, sorry. to be magnetic, I get DMs about Lacey's work every day. I get DMs about how impactful it has been. 24-7, I feel like I am talking about Lacey all the time, which I enjoy and I love. And we are excited to do a live show with her. She doesn't speak often. So this is a rare opportunity at the Independence to get some time with the three of us. And then the retreat, July 9th through 12th at Calamigos Ranch in Malibu. It's going to be gorgeous. We have lots of self-care. We have lots of learnings about yourself and relationships and astrology and Reiki and sound baths and music and it's just gonna be a really beautiful time. So if there are tickets left, you can go to almost30 podcast slash retreat for that. Um it most likely will be sold out at yeah. the end of, of May. Yeah. Um, with that. And then we also have Your Podcast Pro. So if you're interested to start a podcast, go to yourpodcastpro.com. You can start with the ebook, which is helpful as a general understanding of how podcasts work, how to get your podcast up on iTunes, how to grow your podcast, how to launch your podcast, all of those things. And then if you have a podcast, you can get all the templates to grow and monetize on your Podcast Pro as well. So this is a resource that Lindsay and I created um, when we were Figuring out how to start our podcast, we
1: didn't have the support, so we wanted to provide it to others. Yeah. It's been so much fun to see you all um, who have participated thus far create your dream podcast. So proud of you. Um, All right. Today on the podcast, we have Jennifer pastel off. Jen is an author, public speaker. Um, she has incredible workshops. Her unique workshop on being human is a hybrid of yoga uh, related movement, writing, sharing out loud, letting snot fly out of your nose, all the things. She's just um, someone that I was introduced to recently by my friend, Annie Surtich. And I, she's just magnetic. Like when you're around her, um, you have no choice but to be yourself. She is so herself. Um, Jen started losing her hearing when she was very young um, and is uh, legally deaf now. And um, she's just a beautiful example of, you know, putting it all out there. So the highs, the lows, the messiness, and really making people feel like they can navigate this life no matter what happens. Um, so we were. Just really excited to sit down with her. Uh, Her new book on being human is out now, so you can get it anywhere books are sold.
0: Yeah, it's really awesome because in this book and in our conversation, we talk about those unexpectedly beautiful times in our life. So finding beauty in the times when you're waitressing and you don't want to, or you're an executive assistant and you don't want to be, or you're at a job that you don't fully love, or you're in a relationship that doesn't feel like it's quite it. This episode is really, really unpacking all of these experiences in our lives that are so important to creating a beautiful life we love, making us who we are and finding the beauty in every moment.
1: Yeah. You can follow Jen on Instagram at Jen Pasteloff um, or on Facebook as well. And then she also um, is the creator of at No Bullshit Motherhood as well. It's a really fun, honest, raw community of mothers sharing and supporting one another. Um, All right. So enjoy this episode. Join our secret Facebook group if you haven't already don't wait another moment. This community is so supportive, fun, hilarious, um, and they meet in real life as well. So we have our ambassadors all over the world. We have almost 80 ambassadors all over the world now yeah. creating community where they are. Um, I think we the, just did, got Tokyo. Tokyo, Singapore,
0: Tokyo, New Singapore, Zealand. New Zealand. Um, yeah. Montreal. There's a lot of international ones that are popping up. So, The way that the ambassador program works is that we have our almost 30 ambassadors, which are women that we connect with regularly, Lindsay, I, and Shara, who is our ambassador program leader. And we work with them to create and facilitate beautiful experiences in your community, like yoga classes, volunteer events, book clubs, um, just grabbing coffee, whatever it is. We really want you guys to feel supported in finding your... Group of women in your community that you can connect with. Mm-hmm. We know that growing and learning and, um, you know, this personal growth work is really challenging. So we want you to feel like you have people you can count on. Yeah,
1: it's been um, a light. The light of of what we've been doing, and really, is our like guiding light. It inspires everything that we do. So, thank you for being a part of it. Um, share this episode with anyone and everyone who you think it'll resonate with. That means the world to us. And if you have a moment, and you haven't yet, we would really, really appreciate uh, a review on iTunes. It helps us get on amazing guests. It helps us to grow. Um, so, leave a review if you're called, and we'll read one on the other side of this episode. I've
2: never been. I don't really have a desire to go. Also, I read lips. So if I ask perfect. you what or whatever, yes. I'll be
1: like, okay, oh, yeah, if you want to, I guess we can maybe push will figure it out. And yeah. this
2: helps. Can okay. you hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You sound yeah. great. Yeah. So because I recorded my book last week, so I and I was like 10 to 5 every day reading my book out loud and with like the most high tech, you know, but it was like, <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could always have a microphone and these on uh, just oh, the way nice. it sounds you to know, live and, life.
0: I actually really enjoy it, too. Me too. Just the sound. It's so crisp and clear. It, that's a, yeah. I, I, I just love, I don't know. There's something about it mm-hmm. that really like, it just brings you to presence because it it mirrors back what you're saying. Yeah. So it helps me be present and really be more thoughtful about my speech. Otherwise I'm just like, ah, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I doubt you're like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <I'm> like, ah. <laughs> After Coachella, I'm like, ah. <laughs> 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 Have you like,
2: do you, when you go to, like you're going to ping tonight. So, oh, yeah. um, the thing about my hearing loss too, is that it's also, I have really overly sensitive ears. So I'll have to, I'll keep my hearing aids in, but I'm going to put them on mute. So basically it's like my ears, I'll have earplugs in. Got it. Do you control it on your phone? Yes. That's why I pointed my phone. That is wow. so cool.
0: So what does that mean then? I guess. So your ears are overly sensitive. So like loud it's-
2: noise, it's like, um, it's like the concert it would be too loud and it would perhaps damage my ears even more. So, um, I have to keep, I keep them in, but just put them on mute. Okay.
0: How did, what, how did your hearing, what happened, like, what was the progression of that?
2: I don't know. I mean, I, uh, what, my mom seems to remember that when I was a baby, when I was really small, they said, keep an eye on her. She, she might have hearing loss. I had chronic ear infections like every day of my life. And I always had the tinnitus, which I have ringing in my ears all the time. Like even right now? I never don't have it. It's the worst thing. I mean, it's really, um, it's maddening.
0: I can only imagine.
2: It's horrible. And so I have that on top of hearing loss. And as I get older, my hearing loss progressed more and more and the tinnitus got worse. So the hearing aids, they help drown out the tinnitus because they make everything else louder. So, like, if I have the hearing aids out, I can't hear. And even with them, I still have to read lips. Right. So, um, yeah.
1: So, this started since you were a baby, but did so
2: during when you had like the ear infections as a child? I don't remember any don't hearing remember. loss or anything because, and I talk about this in the book a lot. I, for a big thing for me, too, is denial. Yeah. So, I. I made um I made this really uh, weird droning sound when I would color or draw or write and people made fun of me. And as I got older, maybe when I was like 30, what I realized was I was mimicking the sound that was in my head and then people made fun of me. So I never talked, to, I never like discussed it with anyone. Does everyone have this in their head? And I was ashamed. Um, and I don't, Remember hearing loss, what I remember is people always telling me you don't pay attention. My whole life teachers oh, tell me I don't bless. pay attention. Mm. And I always sat in the front. And I was scared, you know, so I didn't I didn't uh yeah. want to face it. So did you get reprimanded or were, did you feel like all the time. Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And there was you never know? any
1: cons- concern from teachers or anything like no, that? No, because I don't
2: think anyone thought.
1: You know? And wow. now
2: I know. I know.
1: What was the moment where you got diagnosed
2: or you figured it out? Well, when I was about 22, when I was uh, setting to be an actress, and i that's when I really realized I was sitting in the class, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot hear anything they're saying. So I'd sit in the front. I was so ashamed. I felt broken. I also was in denial. So it took so many years. My friends had an intervention with me, uh, maybe Six years after that, I still didn't go to the audiologist. I finally went, maybe ten years ago, and I couldn't afford hearing aids, so I finally went, and that was really terrifying because it was what I already knew. But it, yes, it's so much easier to be in denial of something or ignore something, but it, you can't be when you have like a chart that says no, <laughs> you you only hear X amount, <laughs> and so I wrote a blog about it. And about how I was always like, I would never wear hearing aids. And now I finally, of course, would, but I couldn't afford them. And somebody got me a pair, donated me a pair. Those were my first pair. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Someone that took my yoga class.
1: No way. hmm so, so you were already kind of like within a community, like acting community, yoga community. Did you feel like it's almost like a silent shame because you do feel so supported when you're in those spaces. Completely. So when it finally came out, what was like the shift and how did that feel?
2: Well, the, okay. This was the shift it, that's still just happening now. Like uh Saturday I was at my friend's birthday party downtown LA and it was a big group, which I usually avoid because it's, um, it's, it's isolating for me because I can't hear and then I feel stupid and then I'll check out and just look on my phone not because I'm being a snob but because I can't hear right so um but on Saturday there was a whole bunch of people I didn't know and I just made an announcement I said by the way um you guys I don't hear well and I read lips and so if it seems like I'm not paying attention it's not that it's just I can't hear, and everyone was so great. And I thought this is just really recent that I'm able to do that right off the bat. I tell people, mm. which gets exhausting. Yeah, another reason that I sometimes like say no to everything and just yeah. want to sit by myself because I'm like I'm just tired. I just want to wear a sign. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think the shift was really letting go of sh- letting go of shame. That doesn't that doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated because I get so frustrated because I'm human, but the shame around it, I don't have anymore. And I don't know why I ever had it. Why? I mean, shame is so nonsensical sometimes. It's the worst and we all have it. I don't know if I've said this
0: before, but when we were in Costa Rica Mm. on our trip, there was someone that progressively lost his sight
1: Mm. through
0: his life. And Mm -hmm. In Costa Rica, it was like an ayahuasca experience. So we did four days of it, but there was one time on the third day where he wasn't getting any answers that he was looking for. And everyone was in a room for one of the integration experiences. And the woman says, everyone stand up. So everyone stands up. She's like, everyone do this. And she's motioning. Everyone do what? Do this. And she's motioning dance moves. Mm -hmm. So she's, you know, motioning these dance moves and he's standing there because he can't see the dance moves. So everyone starts the dancing and everyone's laughing and having fun. And then he's like, oh, you know, Lisa, the girl next to him, can you help him do these dance moves? And it, he felt like a child. Yeah. So he literally, he left the room because he was so upset because he was already having a hard week and we talked to him after. And it was just so frustrating for him to feel like he's not getting the answers. He's not a part of this. He's not seen being babyed, Being yes. babied. He's not, you know, he felt like a child. And I, already, I
2: literally feel like that. Almost a hundred
0: percent it was just I was I was like so emotional about it and I still get emotional about it because it's something that I completely take for granted. I never have thought of in my life the fact you know I've thought about you know people in different situations of course and being conscious, but like that exact situation of like feeling like a like you are powerless and you are a child mm-hmm. and you are need to be explained or assisted is like exhausting,
2: yeah and You know, I'm working on an essay right now um, about how how it's so easy to feel broken. You know, when you have some kind of disability and you're not, but it's so easy to feel that way. Like I talk about in the book a lot, how when I was in yoga teacher training, the moment when I really stopped being in denial, we were we were learning about meditation. You know, it's philosophy, meditation, asana that poses. And I said, Annie Carpenter, my beloved teacher, I said, I would I would panic when when people say close your eyes. I still do. Because ah. I read lips. I rely on my vision. And so I, you know, I raised my hand, I said, Annie, I can't hear. I, I can't close my eyes because I can't hear. And she said, Why? And it was the first time I think I said it out loud because I have a profound hearing problem. And it was like this huge weight off my shoulder. Mm. But it's terrifying to yeah. like to be You feel so left out, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I, I really um, have compassion for him. But the cool experience about that, Krista, is that you then, like you said, well, I didn't think about that before, but now you will, and it really, it really teaches us that everybody has something, everybody is up against something. And so one of my goals in life, and I work on it every day from the way I am in the world, is to, is to treat everyone with compassion because you, you don't know. So I come across as typical. Typical speech, I think. Although sometimes people say like, oh, that's why your voice is like that. But typical speech or, or, um, you know, I look quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And so people make assumptions like you're just an airhead or you're just rude or you're just Mm -hmm. whatever. So it's just such a good way to go, oh, we just, we don't know.
1: Yeah. And it also makes me think about like, society and how like you said you couldn't afford your your um sorry, hearing aids hearing aids sorry and but the fact that that is not covered it's so for people disgusting. hearing aids are covered
2: no it is it is if you um if you're in law enforcement and government i think so they say it's wow. cosmetic Pardon? What do they say? What is it classified oh, uh-huh. as? So I, so, so the first pair somebody donated and they were used, they had belonged to a man who died and didn't really wear them. Great. They weren't that great. The ones I have now are, do you know how I got these? Another crowdfunding. Somebody wow. started to go fund me and I was deathly ashamed. And the money came like that. These were like, I want to say eight and a half grand Damn. and they're good uh and now they're already old they're like 3 years old you know the technology changes but not covered by um by insurance which is a travesty which just adds to the shame of it which adds to like not being able to yeah like just to be, be rich in society to be like to be rich you yeah. know I mean? it's
1: like what is happening and how that's you the don't... same with prosthetics like
0: good prosthetics aren't covered. I didn't know that. I think even, I don't even know if it was even prosthetics are covered, but we had a conversation with Lauren Scruggs Kennedy mm-hmm. and she her prosthetic, which is beautiful, it's 20K. Yeah. So for girls to have this, you know, to lose an arm, lose a leg, lose a body part and to not be able to have something that they can feel the least bit normal in is heartbreaking. And what blows my mind is, I you know, the technology on—this is the only thing I'll say about it. The technology on hearing aids is a lot more complicated, but it's hopefully getting better. But the cost of that to create is not 8000 No. Oh, no. And the same with the prosthetics. It's like it's made of silicone, most likely.
2: No, they, and they upsell you because I've met, you know, in my travels, my workshops, I've met a bunch of audiologists and people who sell hearing aids and they were like, girl, next time come to me. This is what they really cost. So I was like, shit. But
0: like, and why? People taking advantage of someone that needs something for their health. Oh. Okay. But and there's levels,
2: like, there's cheaper. I could have gotten cheaper ones. I was yeah, sold that you, you should know. be able
0: to hear, hear. Clearly. Yeah, No,
2: these, and I'm, I'm really grateful. And, you know, a huge lesson for that. And I hope people listening really get is that because I was successful, I was ashamed that I didn't just have $10,000 laying in the bank. Right. So mm-hmm. who does? I mean, I guess some people do. Mm-hmm. We're in LA, but, but I realized that asking for help and being able to receive it, being open to receive it is the most life-changing thing there is. And it, it it took me a while to get that, you know, so people did this thing for me that was so generous and I almost couldn't be with it. I was like, I, ca- I can't look. And I didn't. It was so moving. All these strangers and people I'd worked with and done workshops for. But one I person I remember said, um, oh, you shouldn't let people do that for you. It'll be bad for your image. And I had a moment where I was mortified. And again, that shame. And then I realized, well, what image? All I all I ever, my whole brand is about being honest and telling the truth. And I thought that's how we always end up shutting down, by listening to that person that says you shouldn't do that or it's bad for your image or what will people think, you know? So, yeah, they should be covered by insurance, but thank God that there's community and there's people that do things like crowdfunding and GoFundMe.
0: I know I get anxiety even thinking about mm. having to receive that. Like I get anxiety thinking about receiving in that way. So I can only imagine, I don't know. I just feel like I could never repay someone. Do you know what I mean? Like for, which isn't true. These are things I'm saying that aren't true, but I would feel like I would need to repay them in a way that I don't know if I could like that. Thank you would not be enough, Mm, but it is exactly like, you know what I mean? It's like, I would have to go to their house and like bring them something, you know, it's just like, yeah. The not, I guess it's a worthiness thing. Not feeling like mm. I'm worthy of that support or
2: that Yeah, of course gift. that's what it is. Yeah. And, it's a, and, and what I call it in my book and everywhere, it's a bullshit story. And that's the thing is I had to really like take a moment and be like, bullshit story. Yes, I accept it. And now I have these amazing hearing aids. But imagine if I hadn't. And a lot of people do. A lot of people listen to that bullshit story. And I
1: think it's a like a lack mentality for people that, and, mm-hmm. and like, I feel the same way as Krista, where like I grew up with, I f- like my dad would always be like, "Well, what what do they want in return?" You know, and it wasn't him being a bad person; it's like him just in the lack, like as of if course. you know, he, if he receives something, then someone would want something in return. So, um, yeah, it's so much a part of how we grew up. Like, what was what was your childhood like in that <laughs> way? Like as it relates to, yeah, um, I know, <laughs> literally, yeah, I want to get into the self so um, worth.
2: Tons of lack. I mean, everything, my mantra, you know, I started this thing called G-Power, You Are Enough, because Mm -hmm. the through line I see with everyone in my workshops is, I'm not enough, people saying, or there isn't enough. And I grew up with that feeling. You know, my dad died when I was eight, single mom, and hustling, hustling. I mean, thank God I never felt like I wanted for, for anything, but- Always feeling like there's not enough. I was always in panic mode and I always felt like the rug's about to be pulled out from under me. Um, Yeah. So I grew up in a land of lack. And so now I have to constantly remind myself that there's enough. There's enough. And that's programming. Like what you're talking about, that Mm -hmm. thing your dad says, that's all programming, you know?
0: How did you reprogram?
2: Well, I do it every day. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't believe there's, there's like no, um, (laughs) a thing I'm really clear on is there's no like I've reprogrammed myself and now I'm fine because you, you wake up the next day. And what I always say is you're, that thing is back in bed with you. And you're like, but I kicked it out yesterday. Um, so I do it every day. I, I work on the things I say to myself, I call them mind tattoos, you know? So like, instead of walking around saying I'm garbage or I'm a bad person, I say, I'm enough. And I, uh, I work on, I pay close attention to who I'm surrounding myself with, you know? So, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of things. I don't think it's just one thing, but it really has to do with the, um, we repeat ourselves all day long with our thoughts, with the thoughts we're choosing to think. And the mantra I had for so long was, I'm fat. I'm not enough. I'm a bad person. There isn't enough. I'm broke. Right. Right. And so it's just practice. I started working on that. And then really allowing, allowing to, to, to receive because it's easy to self-sabotage when you believe you're not worth it or you don't have enough or there isn't enough.
0: Yeah. And then your book, when were you like, when, because I feel like the book is something where you need to feel as if you're worthy enough to do.
2: Yeah. That's why it took me so long to write. You're spot on. You couldn't be more right. So what was that process like to get yourself to finally do it? I've been writing for a long time and saying I was writing a book. Like if you go on Facebook memories, it's like, I'm writing a book. (laughs) But I was, I was writing essays (laughs) and what have you. But I got really stuck with the idea of like the book. What is it? So I finally decided. An agent found me, which is bananas. And I finally um, is something. You're good. An agent found me, and then I, um, I wrote a proposal, and Mm. we sold the book on proposal. And then I was like, Oh shit! I got to really write a book because (laughs) now someone paid me a bunch of money to write a book. That's when I panicked. But I did it, and it was, like, beautiful and hard and not as hard as I thought it would be, and it was everything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I sold it on Proposal first, so.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, it is. And um, what's the book about? My life. It's um, my life, but also everyone's life. I mean, yeah. I hope. I don't want it just to be me. It's, a, uh, it's called On Being Human, a memoir of waking up living real and listening hard. So it's about um, being stuck for a really long time. The grief I felt from losing my dad at age eight and never dealing with that, just shoving it back in my body and then becoming severely anorexic, like to where I almost died. And then going to NYU and then dropping out of school when I had a year left and coming to LA and getting a summer job and... Um, At the newsroom cafe, which turned into almost 14 years, and never going back to school. I'm really just thinking I was worthless to finding a way out by becoming a yoga teacher and then doing these workshops that I do now all over the world and these retreats. But it was, you know, step by step. And antidepressants, let's not lie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure. How much of like the
1: like inner conflict was because of you thinking your life was going to be a certain way and then it turned out different it's a great question it is a good question
2: the tricky part for me is that two things when my dad died at age 38 so in my child brain i was always a uh, 38 is the age of death and i always
1: We've heard that so many times from guests. Yeah, Yeah. we just heard that last week too. Yeah, from Bia. Mm -hmm. My dad thinks the same thing. I think, yeah, that's like a a young death of a parent is like this. Well, I don't know.
2: So, you know, I have a lot of compassion now for my younger self, but the last thing I ever said to my dad right before he died and we were best friends was, I hate you. Mm. Drop dead. Okay. So they're, they're in lies where that mantra of, I am a bad person came from. Mm. So I walked around that my whole life. So I didn't think I deserved a future. So it's a tricky question because I could never visualize. I had no, I just saw nothing. It wasn't like I saw myself dead. I just saw nothing. I could never Mm. envision five years into the future. So it wasn't so much like life turned out different. I just thought I am a bad person and this is what I deserve. There's nothing wrong with waiting tables at all. I I miss it. But I was not creating any art during that time or doing anything else. And I was so depressed. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting here is a miracle. Okay. Small daily
1: actions they just make a big difference. And I just cannot emphasize this enough. It creates this cascade effect and honestly a snowball effect. (laughs) So one begets the next really great positive small action, but it almost has like a bigger impact as the day, as the week goes on. Um, And I'm just someone who very much believes in this, whether you're like smiling at a stranger, or maybe you wake up a little bit earlier to practice your meditation, or maybe read part the book that you're loving, uh, or maybe you integrate a healthy habit, like taking a probiotic, which is something that I've been doing for a few years now. I've been taking seeds DSO One daily symbiotic and I love it. And I've just noticed that this is the catalyst at the beginning of the day for a ton of healthy choices that I make. Um, and I've noticed a difference when I don't take it, shipping to your door to when you put it in your body all the way through your GI tract, um, all without synthetic or chemical coatings. Um, and this was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics in the microbiome, they're the best in the space. Um, So I just, I trust them and I've experienced incredible results. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost and use the code 25almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash almost. The code is 25almost. 30 pod, a 30 pod for 10% off.
2: Really? Did you go through therapy after your dad or? No, I wish. I mean, yeah. for like a minute. And then I was like, I'm okay. And my mom was like, okay. And yeah. she didn't know any better. She was 34, you know? So I never stuck with it.
0: And what was her healing
2: process like? Like, how did you guys interact during that? Really hard and terrible and complicated, and I blamed my mom. My dad and I were best friends, and my mom, in my brain, it was like, my dad and I, and my mom and my sister. So when he died, I resented her, and I felt like I had been left with the enemy, and Mm -hmm. I wish that she had been able to save him, and it's complicated, you know? And to make things more complicated, they were right about to get a divorce, and he died. So that's another level of confusion, because... Yeah, they were. They wouldn't have stayed together.
1: What did um,
2: depression look like for you? And really bad anxiety, but uh, depression is this flatness. So I don't. It's so hard to describe. You know, one of the things I know, and I've been going through it recently. Um, I don't know if it's hormonal, but I don't want to get out of bed. It sounds like a cliche, but it it's that's my thing, which is harder to pull up when you have a toddler. Um, this flatness, like even smiling feels like a lot of work. Mm. And it's like I feel nothing, nothing, just like a nothingness. Um, I notice I don't brush my teeth. Like the whole day I pass. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna brush my teeth. It's um it feels like a deadness inside. It doesn't, I can't say it feels like sadness, especially because I'm on antidepressants. It's like it's not even like I cry. I have a hard time crying. Mm. Anxiety is more debilitating for me. Way more debilitating. And that feels like panic. Like, um, I can't focus. I, I pace. When I was younger, I used to pick my face really bad. Mm. I actually did it recently and posted it on Instagram. And all these people messaged me like, I'm a picker too. But um, yeah, and they, they go hand in hand for me. But the anxiety is worse.
1: What helps the anxiety and people in your life that you're closest to love, like how how have you been able to communicate with them? Mm-hmm. What
2: helps you? Well, I'm really good at that because it's what I do for a living with these workshops, all about listening and mm. on being human workshop. And also because it's what I teach people. So it's, it's, it's made me be like a more congruent person because this is what I teach. Um, and I'm good at communicating. But the problem is I don't always know what I need. You know, like, so when I'm in a spell and people go, what, what do you need? What can I do? I have no idea. Not a clue. Also, a way that is a pretty human of me but that I mess up is examples. I will drink like seven pots of coffee. That exacerbates my anxiety. So I know when I don't do that, you know, so I've been, today I had one pot, one little French pot <laughs> instead of three. I I wish I was kidding. Yeah. Wow. I also wow. noticed I was having really bad anxiety and this was a confession that I haven't said out loud yet. So I was taking Xanax and I started taking it every night. And I noticed the depression got so bad. Mm. So I started asking some of my friends, my sister, do you think Xanax is making me depressed? She said, Absolutely. So I stopped taking it. I can't tell you how different I feel. So like maybe for a one-off, but I was it was like every night. You know, okay. And so um it helps when I don't self-medicate, exercise. I do the elliptical and I watch my shows Um, and talking to people. I don't even necessarily mean like talking about like what's wrong, but just just communicating so I'm not all in my head.
0: It's almost like the, you know, the actions of the coffee and the anxiety are like the counter to the depression. Yeah. Where it's like the feeling nothing and then feeling too much, you know, with the anxiety, like it's just it's an interesting cycle that I know a lot of people go through and I know how you feel in a way. And it's funny when the, the, this, the seven pots of coffee thing too, like so weird. Cause you almost leave your body. You're like, yo, I know what the fuck I'm doing. And then you do it and you're like, oh damn. But sometimes I feel like it's almost like you just want to feel something. Totally. You know, people just want to have a feeling, mm-hmm. even if it's stress because it's something to do.
2: That's a good point. Though. Air quotes,
0: air quotes, something to do because our brains love something mm-hmm. to do. They love finding a task to engage in. So I think that's, you know, really interesting that you were saying but that But you you, that.
2: you said a really good thing just mm-hmm. now, which is it's you're leaving your body. 100%. So I, I lead these workshops with this author who did the four called Lydia Yuknovich named Lydia Yuknovich. And it's called writing in the body. And it's all about being in your body because my whole life, I spent trying to not be in my body, and so essentially drinking all the coffee or the Xanax or whatever it is is a way to not be in the body. Hundred, mm-hmm. and that, and it's the harder choice is to stay, stay in your body, stay here right now. The easier thing is to find ways to try to float away. So yeah, it was you really hit the nail on the head. Absolutely leaving your body.
0: Yeah, and the. And I'm sure, so the eating disorder happened after your dad's death? Yeah, and it didn't
2: happen until I was 17. I was going to, with my mom, she was getting a breast reduction. And I said, I want a breast reduction. I had huge boobs. And the doctor looked at me and said, just lose five pounds. And I, I, yeah, Uh, but I had never, I mean, that was not in my, in my consciousness. I was 17 and it was, I mean, it was that moment. I lost five and then 10 and 20 and 25. I couldn't stop. I didn't get my period for four years four years, I looked like a little boy. I look sick. If people didn't say I look sick, I would like have a panic attack. It's so disturbing now when I think about it. So, um, but yeah, it was a way to, I found a way to control cliche and to deal with my grief and to feel like I could deal with life, which is not true. Wow.
0: Mm -hmm. And so the turning points in your life, like, so you have the eating disorder, you lose your father, you're, you're, um, serving in LA, you've dropped out of school. What was the the turning point moment where you had that connection to your soul, where you're like, okay,
2: let's turn this around? The truth, yeah. Oh, I had a nervous breakdown at the restaurant, and um, I decided to go to therapy for the millionth time that I never stuck with. And the first thing he said to me was, "You're depressed. You need antidepressants." And I thought he was an asshole because it was my first time meeting him, and I thought, you're going to just decide like that? And I talked to all my friends, and I couldn't even get the words out. And they were like, yes, you should go on antidepressants. We've all thought that forever. Yeah. So it was antidepressants. That is the truth. They saved my life. I saved my life, but they really did, because they allowed me to sort of like crawl out of this hole to brush my teeth, and then all of a sudden I— I had been doing a ton of yoga and I didn't want to be a yoga teacher, but I thought "Mm, maybe it will be an escape route from the restaurant. But I would not have had that even sense of possibility had I not gone on meds, had I not gone on meds. So it was that. And then it was when I started writing again and feeling connected with people. I started sharing my stuff online. Things would go viral and and that's dangerous too. You, You guys I'm sure know how it is, that feeling of like, Oh my God, people like me. They're reading what I wrote, but it saved me. So I started writing more. And then I started getting more confident with the workshops I was doing and and it became less about yoga and more about just being a human being.
1: Mm. What has not being able to hear taught you about listening to people? It's a
2: great question too, as I'm like trying to maneuver to see your lips. Well, Ironically, what I'm probably one of the most proud of—the things I'm most proud of—is that people say to me, Jen, you're the best listener of anyone I know, and I just like—I dig the irony. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I've made a career out of listening, says the deaf lady, you know. Um, but it's taught me that I've learned to listen with my whole body. And what does that mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And um, you know, I've become—I'm so deeply intuitive because I can't just rely on my ears. So. Um, And I have to get him really close, you know, lip read. And so it's taught me how to listen better. I have to listen for for clues and cues and intuition and what the body is saying, not just the words. Mm. It's taught me how to pay attention more fiercely. I feel like it's taught me how to listen with my heart. It's taught me how to not take things for granted, like we were talking about earlier with with thinking that I know what's going on with someone, you know, when we don't. What would be, what's
0: helpful for someone? So someone that meets someone, if I meet someone that is deaf or hard of hearing, like, how could I help be, make things easier for
2: you or be mm. better for you too? Well, huh? don't put your hand in front of your mouth when you speak. Oh, No, not you. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, I'm like, I mean, actually my audiologist has these things on the back of her business card and I took a handful of them and and I thought it was, it was like helpful hints for people. And just to clarify, I wasn't born deaf, you know, so the deaf culture with a capital D is totally different and I'm just learning sign language now. So it's, it's a different culture because I can hear a bit and because I read lips, but so not putting your hand in front of your mouth, speaking clearly, not mumbling, not talking when you're in the other room which my husband forgets every day. Um, <laughs> Bless. <sighs> oh, not, not turning your back to the person. Really, really common sense things, but that people forget. Or like when I came over to your place and I like walked up the stairs and I,
1: I was like calling your name as I was walking oh, yeah. up.
2: <laughs> but I you scared, didn't, I don't know I if you even you. knew then, you know? Maybe you did, but. I didn't, I. Or for, people I, I forget. Forgot. Yeah, I forgot. People yeah. forget and. I but it's, um, I rely so much on lip reading, so it's, it's you know, the best thing is when I can see someone's lips and just, and and I have to let go of judging myself because sometimes I feel weird, like, are people going to think, what, why is she staring at my mouth and not my eyes? Mm-hmm. You know, because normally we look in someone's eyes and then I get all in my head and it's like, none of it matters.
1: Yeah, I've never felt that. You said you, um, it's taught you to listen better with your heart. hmm So- you know, for anyone, just listening to anyone, like, how can we do that better? What does that feel like?
2: I think the biggest thing is letting go of what you think you know. Something that I think we all do sometimes is we have have ideas about someone. Like, I know, I know, I know how they are already. I know, what, and we don't. And so we only half listening because we already have our mind made up, you know? So just being fully present with them, which is, you know, that word is so cliched and sort of overused now, just but it's true. And so, you know, and I like the idea of getting in close and I don't necessarily even mean geographically into someone's personal space, but just really like getting close and being willing to, to hear and listen rather than what you already have made up in your mind about the person or whatever the situation may be.
0: Yeah. And I think with the getting present, it's like we're hearing it more because we need it more than ever, you know, with a zillion things at our fingertips at all hours, by our bed in the morning, noon and night, our phones. And then just the ways that things are going with the media and the world to distract us even more from, from everything. So, you know, the presence thing and the presence is a practice. So it's like, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's like, it's like great being gratitude. And people are like, oh, like gratitude. Well, that's, it's
2: one of those words. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It's, it becomes so overused that it loses its meaning.
0: But it, we need to hear it so many times. It's like, until you guys got it, until we got it, until I got it, like I need to hear it a hundred and times.
2: I agree. And I, and it's like the thing I was saying about the bullshit story or your mantra that you repeat in your mind is that it's every single day. It's not like you're like, I'm present now yep. for the rest of my life. Yeah. You got to wake up and do it again. It's total practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. daily. And something I, I actually think I heard it on Krista Tippett's podcast. This woman, forget her name, she was so lovely. But she was talking about it, and she said, "Just it's all about noticing." And so I say that word all day in my head: notice, mm-hmm. notice, notice. Yep. notice. Yep. And that's how you stay present. Yep.
1: I'd love to talk about motherhood. Oh,
2: lovely. I know you have a three-year-old. <laughs> no bullshit motherhood. Yeah, <laughs> I have a, yes, she's almost three. And I was, um, you know, I also have a website called Don't Be an Asshole. And I was the Don't Be an Asshole lady. <laughs> My best friend, Annie Sartich, and I, who you know, mm-hmm. made, made it up one day. And I was, one of the videos I made was like, don't be an asshole and assume that every woman wants or can have a child. And I didn't think I was going to have kids. I didn't, didn't think I wanted. And so I was like, that person so, um, it's weird that I have a kid, <laughs> but I do. And it's incredible and exhausting and fulfilling and the best thing I've ever done and the hardest. And I really, um, you know, this, this Instagram thing I have called no bullshit motherhood. I forget to post on it a lot because motherhood, but it's my favorite because it's a place to people to be, Real, and not this idea of this Instagrammed or perfect uh, bullshit idea of motherhood. Yeah. You know, that's like glossed over. Cause there's, there's no such thing.
0: Breastfeeding at a resort with your like a fruit plate in front of you.
2: <laughs> wait, wait,
0: what? <laughs> is I said it? like breastfeeding at a resort with like a fruit plate like in front of you. <laughs> like the Instagram yeah, I mean, motherhood. I, like mm-hmm. it's
2: so you know it's it's. <laughs> I. So I've started this thing. I don't know if you've seen it, where I was like, I'm an influencer, and I started this hashtag called Jen's Jen's Fake Influencer Hacks. And so I was like, Yeah, save money on a cleaning lady by living in a one bedroom apartment with your whole family. (laughs) And um, what else? Like uh, save money on a babysitter by giving your child the iPad. You know, just all these like funny hacks. People are going crazy for them, but these are really things I do, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't give my kid any screen time. And I'm just like, really? Okay. Well, I do. Yeah. Well, I do. yeah, So, um, it's great, you know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I travel for a living. So there's some guilt involved and trying to, you know, when I leave him and then trying to figure it all out and, uh, but I do and I am, and, and we always figure it out. Right. But, um, it's, Incredible, and it's grounded me in a lot of ways. In every way, really.
0: Mm. We were talking about Pink, who wrote a
1: "Love You." Pink, love her, <laughs> love you so much. We love she's you. A, she's my a hometown, good. she is.
2: And yeah, I, I used to Hello. sing. I used to
1: sing at Odette's. Pink, she's sang at Odette's. Billy in the house. Billie just, the house. I just try to be her. She's amazing. I love. Yes, her so we're going much.
2: tonight. Pink gave me three tickets to her concert. Mm. And so I'm bringing my friend Margot and her daughter, Isabel, who has Down syndrome. Mm. It's her birthday this week. And she is like the biggest Pink fan in the world. So it was such a thrill that I could tell her I'm bringing her. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. I don't know if I've ever been more excited excited just for, not for me. I mean, love you, Pink, but for her, you know. So, yeah, Pink um, blurred my book, which was weirdly incredible. It's incredible. She started following me on Instagram.
0: Uh, That's how we met. She's a mom. She's a yeah, she's,
2: she's a the mom. coolest mom. On, really? On um what, does on the she gram. Do? what do you know? <laughs> she's so she's so no bullshit motherhood. She's like uh, my no bullshit motherhood icon. She just doesn't give a fuck. You know, she's just a mom and she posts stuff and like the Instagram police, the parenting police come in and you know start bombarding her with all these, you know, should, you should do this and you should do that. And your kids should have a shirt on and your kids sh- should have a, d- and she's just like, uh, you know what? Kiss my ass. And, and she doesn't shut down, mm. which I love. Damn. Love that. Yeah.
0: My level of don't give a fuckness is going to be all time high when I have a kid. (laughs) It's,
2: you know, mine is. And I am really, really proud of that. And I I didn't know. You don't know until you, you know, you don't know until you have a kid or whatever the situation may be. I'm so proud of myself for that because especially as a public figure, which sounds douchey. But, you know, people always want to tell you how it is or what to do. And I'm really like, this is how I'm doing it. Take it or leave it. Goodbye.
1: Yeah. And I always like, if I, you know, well-known moms or dads, it's like, if they're owning it, I'm in it. I'm like, cool. Even if I, I literally don't even think about whether I agree with it or not. If you're owning it, I am so in. So like, you know, but I, 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 I can imagine that it's very hard not to listen to comments and opinions and what have you, but like, damn, if you're loving that kid, like that is, that's it. Oh, for sure. What is
2: for I sure? Know. I mean, I will. I'll tell you what. I'll never do though. I would never post about um, vaccines. I literally was going or say. circumcision or any of that shit. It's like, like opening yo, a can of worms. No wild. way. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't no. know who's on so, that. I, I mean, no. But I will. I will post. You know, there like, are famous people talking about it though. Oh, no, but what's everyone? Yeah. Doing? No. I am. Um, I vaccinated my son. There, I said it. But I am not an <laughs> anti-vaxer. But I'm not going to open up that like. No, 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 no. Yeah, but yeah, I post like, you know, I co sleep, and I have a really w- who isn't weird. I just have a weird life, and I'm really honest about it. And uh, I think it lets people uh, people feel this sort of permission. Oh my god, this is what I get a lot, <laughs> which makes me laugh. People go, "Thank you for showing how messy your house is." Uh, it makes me. Uh, I don't take uh, it personally. Uh, or, Thank you, Omega. Your house is so crazy or so small or. <laughs> People, and always, so now- people
0: always People say to me, they're like can you tell me how you dress your body, like your curvy body or something like that? They'll be like, I'm so in what? awe of how you like dress your curvy body. And I'm like, I know it's thank like, you. They're uh, like, your You're like, thank you. Have, yeah. You have a normal body. So can you tell me how you dress normal. it? Which is like so flattering and sweet and kind. And I love it and I embrace <laughs> it, but it's just like kind of funny. You know how what I mean? people phrase things. You're yes. average. How do you do it?
2: <laughs> well, no, well, what's interesting is the whole normal thing. Like when someone used to say to me, you look healthy, I would want to die. Ah. And actually, somebody Instagrammed me yesterday. I was posting these pictures of me working out, doing weights because I just started, and it's so healing. Yeah, mm-hmm. weights is life. Yeah, because now when someone says you look strong, it's such a compliment as opposed to before, where I'd want to jump up a bridge, right? So, somebody sent me a message that said you look healthy, and I had that tiny moment where I was like, "What? I look healthy?" <laughs> and then I we talked about it, and I said, <laughs> "You know, the old anorexic brain has that response to wow. that that you're that that's a code for you look fat." but it's the same with that word normal. And yep. it's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. It's just, it's just funny too. Cause it's my vision or
0: my, you know, and I've worked on that a lot. So now I'm, I don't really care as much, but someone else is a, it's a compliment to them. You know, they're being very kind and like of course. complimentary, but if, you know, for someone it's, it's almost like too when someone's like, you look like this celebrity. For me, I'm not saying mine. <laughs> They're like, you look like this celebrity. And they probably mean it as a compliment, but you're like, oh, that bitch has like a whack-ass <laughs> haircut. You know, whatever yeah. it is. But you're like, oh, fuck. And you like, look for all the bad in them because you want to identify that bad.
1: Yeah. It's it's the, and it's this need to kind of like stand out or be a, not yeah, be above. Yeah, that's true. Bingo. Like,
2: no, that's it. Be above, I, you know, but, but it's a, a be so conscious thing. And yeah. I think social yeah.
1: media like just feeds into that. So yeah. like- you know, I mean, you being at Coachella recently. I yeah. mean, I'm sure you saw just like you don't even know the craziest. Like you don't even know. I don't even want to. Like, I don't want to like, say I don't know. even here, know, but what, I'm saying I don't even
0: know what is attractive anymore not, because I, I saw so many. It's it's I, I, my I would literally see 20s and I was like, oh whatever. She I what, saw 20s? Oh, yeah, like girls that were like, like a,
1: 20 a 20 out of 10,
0: like 20 out of oh, 10, like out of this I don't know fucking 10. world. And I just was so desensitized to it because I was sitting seeing so many twenties. It was a joke. That's why I didn't is, even wait. Is try- that an expression? Twenty. It's 20? My expression. No.
1: Okay. Okay. We, we have okay. a sweatshirt. We have a sweatshirt coming out. Yeah. No way. Just twenty. Yeah. He had
0: Twenty <laughs> out of ten.
2: Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah. The desensitization is insane. But.
1: And being in LA, it's very well hard. for yeah. sure.
2: And that's why I, I, I feel like my small act of resistance is my hashtag real motherfucking life. Yep. And my fake influencer hacks. But this, this, like you know. I show my belly, and I show my small apartment, and I tell the truth, and it just feels like refreshing yes. to myself. Yes, I
0: don't care else Yo, like yes. That. that is refreshing to your soul when you're being fucking honest and yes. real. That's that shit. Yeah, that is that shit. I get like high from that. If Me I'm being too. really real one time or being really open and honest, it's like scary, but really fucking good.
2: Really yeah. good. I mean, it's it's I love it. I love that the, all the curated stuff really. It's Beautiful, mm-hmm. but you know, not for everyone. Well, it's beautiful if it's like for me, if it's like food or something specifically, but but if it's like someone's life who's you know pretending to be yeah. like, I'm so real, and it's you know, yeah, taking 700 of the shots to make themselves crying look like they're really crying, yeah, <laughs> whatever, <love> it, really. <laughs> you know, or or like you know, fake eating, or uh, yeah, I just can't.
1: as our listener, you are going to get a discount plus a free thermometer, baby. Use code ALMOST30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code ALMOST30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. Yeah. Are you are you nervous about the book coming out? Uh, So nervous. Meaning like it's just all out there.
2: Yes. I'm excited. I'm nervous. You know, so there's a lot of buzz around my book. So there's just like feeling of expectation. Yes. And then, you know, um, I have no idea. I've this is my first rodeo, you know, my first book. And, um, yeah, I'm terrified. I'm also terrified to be so naked and vulnerable. I mean, it's my life and I'm terrified about, being successful, you know, like I'm terrified about how I'm going to make it work. I'm terrified that someone's going to tag me in a really crappy review, and I'm going to see it because I'm avoiding reviews, you know, bad ones. Hundred percent, yeah. But like, but lately, people have, so advanced copies have been going out, and a couple of people have tagged me on Instagram and in beautiful reviews. But my heart beats. I'm like, ah, oh! and then it's like, what if someone writes a terrible one and tags me, and I and yes. I see it by accident, or but um. And I think just scared of the unknown, but I'm excited. So it's it's both at once. I'm so excited. I wish June 4th was sooner just because I'm like, oh my God, it's, um, I'm really proud of myself yes. too, you know, it's so something I talked be. about doing for so long and I finally did it. I finally did it. That's huge. Mm. That's wow. huge.
0: I really appreciate the moment in time we are in history that um, just thinking back to when I was growing up reading your story and how you say it's messy. It's, you know what I mean? You dropped out of college, like you were a waitress, you had all these tragedies happen and you were able to build this beautiful life. But I feel like when I was younger, I didn't have any examples to look up to that had a messy past. It was like, okay, she graduated from private school and then she went to Harvard. And then from there she got her PhD. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the, the, the people that we looked up to were unrealistic. We're just like the perfect path people. And they kind of had this perfect the life. Perfect path people. Perfect path people. Yeah. I'm gonna quote, it, I'm going to trademark that. And I now think- it's like appreciating the journey, appreciating yes. the hard times, appreciating yes. the difficulties that have led you to where you are. And that's yes, one of the most beautiful things about where we're like the, I, I couldn't time agree more.
2: And it's also, you know, letting go of the shame about the hearing loss and talking about that and sort of normalizing that. And it's like what Selma Blair is doing right now with her Ugh. MS. And I'm bless. a huge know. fan, if you're me listening. So Chills, it. bless. She's, it's inspiring because she has such a big platform and she's so well-known, but to really just be honest about like, yes. this is what's going on for me. And look, I'm still a person. And look, I have hard days. And look, I have okay days. And this is what it feels like. And this, this normalizing it where all these things were hidden before There's so many things what you're talking about. There's so many things that are uh, more talked about now. Mm -hmm. I just
1: don't know. You know, I, I I watched it again over the weekend, her interview on Good Morning America. Yeah. And I just, I felt so much like that. This sharing, your sharing, her sharing, like is a huge part of the healing. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine her getting better alone. No, granted, no one she does. has her family yeah. and, and close friends, but like I just can't imagine because there's a certain energy that comes for you to kind of carry you a certain distance when you are so vulnerable and able to share. Like I just think,
2: yeah, you're right. So if you don't, if she hadn't shared that, you know, maybe she'd have like two people, but now she's like this whole entire internet and world, yeah. and it's yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to to put yourself out there. And of course you're going to be met with some assholes because that's life, but to be offered help and support and me too, and knowing mm-hmm. and kindness and empathy and, you know, chicken soup, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely.
0: I'm really working on too. And, and this is fresh, fresh thoughts, but trying to understand how to place my emotions in that situation. So example, Selma Blair, I see her, you know, speaking and I get emotional and I feel so sad and upset, but I don't know if that's productive for people. So, you know, and like the other day we were at Coachella, we had a driver with a car and he was telling us he had all these dreams and like his, to build surfboards and the surfboard shop burned down. He was telling us these stories. And for two hours at Coachella. I'm literally like crying because our driver had I think a hard time in his life. I think that's so beautiful. But me and Justin are sitting there. And we're literally like so upset about our driver for two hours at Coachella. I'm like, I don't know. And I agree. And I am grateful that I have compassion. I have a heart. But I just don't know if sometimes my emotional energy is best spent feeling bad for someone when or not feeling bad for someone that's having compassion hundred percent and I always want to have a heart, I always want to be emotional. But sometimes I'm like, should I be uplifting them? Should I be sending them positivity? Mm. Can you know I tell what you I mean? what my quote?
2: Yeah. Should is an asshole. Yeah. For real. So you also it's not that you're feeling bad for me, you're feeling empathy. That's yeah. what I'm guessing. I yeah. don't think you're pitying yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But then my no. question is, I'm wondering is did you did you <laughs> Not that you can fix him or save him, but did you get his information like did you think like, oh, in your head, like I wonder how I can Of course. So okay, great. So that's that's the thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were just pitying him. Oh, yeah. You were feeling empathy and then you were like, now what? And how may I serve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Yeah. I don't you're such like a big hearted yeah. uh wear your heart on your sleeve kind of person. You know, have you seen ever seen those memes that are saying my sensitivity is my superpower? Yeah. But I think that's you. So never doubt, like, should I be feeling this or not? And I feel is sh- totally different. I know. I just feel sometimes I'm like,
0: I don't want to other them by, feel- right. do you know what I mean? I don't want to, it's, this is my brain where it's like, this is literally my fucking brain. Have one emotion, feel something, feel justified in it. And then go the other way and say, oh, but you shouldn't other them. And then go the other way and say, you should send them positive energy. Like it's literally mm. a, a laser light show in here about shit like that. So I never know what to do, but I think you're right. I mean, in that situation for him, it's like giving him a listening ear, giving a compassionate heart and then tipping him
2: insanely and yeah. but mm-hmm. no but see that's great if you if you can do that that's amazing yeah.
1: and the i think i can't but the listening here chris is a very good listener and she's very inquisitive especially in those situations with people you're just meeting as a one like one time or a mm-hmm. few times and so like i do think those conversations change people i think I've, they're I've, healing i've seen them it happen. Because yeah.
2: sharing our stories is everything and you yes. know that
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's actually something. And that's the thing is I always just need to find my thing to come back to. And really it's like knowing that I don't know their story. I don't know everything. And also just like my conversation and my healing heart and my intention could be healing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the same with me. I've mm-hmm. had healing when I've been, yeah had compassionate years or
2: whatever. I think you can't go wrong when you listen to your heart yeah. and and you know, the, the biggest thing in my workshop that I say is is bear witness. Don't look away. Don't look away. Because there are things... I, I work that's with a lot a of women who've lost children. One. Well, So that's, that's, that's what I see you as doing. So with that guy, you were bearing Damn. witness to his story. And then you let it affect you because you're human. And that's beautiful. I'm so freaked out by people who don't get affected by... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to like fall on the ground and not be able to function. <laughs> but like to, to let other humans affect you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. hundred. And you know, you can't unlearn things that you learn and see and hear. So it's that, that's what's so beautiful about our work in the podcasting. So we're hearing so many stories, experiences, things we should be concerned about and know that are going on in the world. And you cannot unknow that. So it is like this bearing witness. And I think when we get overwhelmed, we're like, well, what can we do? But I think it is just that. It's it is a moment by moment thing. It's a choice moment by moment. But Yeah, and I it's, think it's, you're it's so made right. you guys
2: better people, one hundred percent and positing positive, listening to the stories yeah. and, and really hearing them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it rearranges your DNA. It does. It does. You know, when you really let other people in and listen and I mean what else do we have in life besides that Truly. connection?
0: That's the damn true. True. Yeah, everything's like a roundabout way to get to connection.
2: I think so, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like That's what just, we all want, isn't yeah. it? To be seen, to be heard, hundred to be listened to, hundred.
1: So proud of you. So proud, you. proud of you. Proud you and proud, so to proud to know
2: you. Truly, I know. Say it again. No,
1: proud to know you. You're Thank a new you. friend, and I'm just like I, we're very
2: grateful. Yeah, I'm really grateful to be here and proud of you guys. Oh, this thanks. is just proud fest. Yeah, Thank you know, <laughs> but it's you know. What you're doing is the same thing I'm doing in my workshops, which is sharing people's stories and listening and telling the truth. That's the only things you need in my workshop is to listen and tell the truth. And I say the same thing for almost 30, right? Just listen and tell the truth and it will change the world. Damn, that's a good one. That hit
0: me today. Thank you. what you say? That hit me. That's a good one.
2: What? Listen and tell the truth. Yeah. Yes. That is what we do too. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah, and I'm grateful. Way. My the reason I know you, I'm here, is really my best friend Annie. Mm. Annie's the best.
1: Let's shout out Annie. Annie, I love Annie, Annie. so much. I,
2: if anyone listening lives in Los Angeles or can get there, she has an amazing one woman show that's yes. also about. I've being, seen it seven times, and I'm not. I've lying. seen it five times. Have you really? <laughs> yep, seven times. It's called How Not to Kill Yourself in 30 Days. and the next 300th, 330. Yeah, yeah, yeah 300, It's yeah. so profoundly moving, and
1: um, it truly is.
2: I so, love so much. where
0: can people pick up
2: the book? Let's tell them well, about it. Um, hopefully, this will air before June 4th. So, mm-hmm. pre orders are everything for especially a first time author, but they're, which I didn't know before I became an author, pre orders are the most important thing. So, um, you can order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble at your, or Indie Bound, your favorite indie bookstore on um, Being Human. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cheryl Street gave it a blurb. I mean, Conan Doyle. Oh, come on.
1: Pink. I know. Um, we should all grab dinner. Do, don't you think? Should we I, grab dinner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. <laughs> all of them.
2: <laughs> We're just missing Liz Gilbert.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that's fine. Wait,
0: I guess invite her. Yeah, Liz maybe Brene Brown. Maybe she's Benay, free. Yeah.
2: Bow down. Um, Liz is my book birthday twin. Hi, Liz. We Aww. both have books coming out on June 4th. She has a book coming out called City of Girls. A novel, which is one of the best books I've ever read. Liz, wow. I hope you're listening to this. Tag in this. I the hope she's t- t- <laughs> t- it's I'm sure she fucking is. Fucking amazing. Wow. Her so we're book. Else. We are book birthday twins. Um. Girl. But yeah, the book comes out June 4th. I'm having a a book tour. The launch will be in Los Angeles. But I do, you know, workshops all around. I'll be in London the day before it comes out. So I'm nuts, basically. But if you could pre-order it, that would be super Great. helpful. Yes. And audio book. Yeah everyone we
0: got you this seems amazing okay. i'm really excited i love I got the you way- oh and i
2: brought you guys actually in my bag over there these little chocolates my publisher made um oh, in sweet. her kitchen <laughs> that's a, that's a on being human it says i got you oh. so my tagline like the thing that my all my work is about is that sentiment i got you I got you. I got you. Which is why I'm really moved by you telling that story about the driver because it really, it doesn't matter if you're like, quote unquote, know the person. It's Mm -hmm. that I got you. Yeah. As a human to human.
0: There's just a, you know, I just am really good at picking up if someone's being authentic about something. And so when it hits me, it really fucking hits me. And if it doesn't, it really fucking doesn't. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, so when I'm hit, I'm hit really hard.
2: Well, yeah. So I got you. Like in
0: talking to you, I got you. Mm-hmm. And but, now we'll go mm-hmm. eat chocolate. Yes. yes. I
2: will not. Even though I wanted so bad to ask you for coffee. I'm really.
0: No, girl. No, oh. no, I know, no. I know. We're done.
2: Okay, <laughs> boss man. <laughs> we
1: yeah. should try matcha. Oh, yeah. We got matcha. You don't like matcha? No, no. I really. know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's I, like first, <laughs> I like whiskey. My um, first shot of
0: the day. I
2: like whiskey. Where can people connect with you? On Instagram, Jen Pasteloff. How do you spell Pasteloff? Piers and Peter. A-S, as in Steve, T-I-L-O-F-F, like Frank Frank, Pastiloff, and um, also No Bullshit Motherhood. And mm-hmm. G-Power, You Are Enough, and that's really, it started as, um, for young women to remember that they're enough, but I changed it to G because there's a lot of gender non-conforming, so it stands for girl or gender non-conforming. Nice. Um, but yeah, Jen Pastiloff is my main haunt, and um Facebook, Jennifer Pasteloff. Twitter, Jen Pasteloff. But Instagram is the main. And my website is jenniferpasteloff.com. Beautiful. Great. Yeah, on being human, if you just Google that and my name, it'll it'll pop up. And The front is beautiful. Yeah, it's and beautiful. Book. Yeah, we're pumped.
0: Pumped to read it. Thank, awesome. you. Thank you so much for coming. This Thank was you. a blast. We love Thank you. you. We love, I love you. you. <laughs> I
2: mean, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> oh, have fun. Yeah, We you love you. I didn't mean to say that. They love you. Wait, let they me love share love the chat They're going to
1: Oh, thank you, Jen. So beautiful. I yeah, it's her. always so
0: helpful to, you know, I just really appreciate the insight and information as it relates to someone with hearing loss or mm-hmm. hearing problems or someone that is deaf with how to approach the situation. Uh, this is a safe space on our podcast to have these conversations. So Lindsay and I asked these questions for you, um, how to make their lives easier. So I'm glad, was I was also glad to talk about that with Jen. She is a blast.
1: Yeah, so funny. Um, all right, this week, we have a review of the week, five stars, the best, the, my favorite podcast to listen to by far. Every week I look forward to seeing which episode is going, what the episode is going to be about, no matter what the guest or if it's a solo episode. I always feel there's something relatable to my life at the moment. Kristen and Lindsay are hilarious, and even their intros bring me happiness. Um, love starting my day listening to these inspiring women. Thank you so much. That's from Carly Rose. Thanks, Appreciate you. That means a lot. Um, all right. As y'all heard, we are on tour. So you can find tickets, almost30podcast.com slash tour. We cannot wait to meet you. It's been so much fun. Um, we're going international this year. We were just in London and we will be in Australia and visiting a bunch of domestic cities as well. So come with friends, come alone, come one, come all. Yes,
0: yeah, see you guys soon and see you on the next one. Love you. Bye.